right, that was Last Valentine's The Wonder Girl Remix by Pink Panthers. Before that, Chromatics with the Page Gang Gang Dance with Vacuum. Lush with Deluxe. Sometimes by My, My Bloody Valentine. Hope Sandoval and The Warm Inventions with On the Low. And we started that hour off with some Deaf Heaven Sunbather. And uh, tonight I'm going to actually end things a little early right now. But thank you all so much for tuning in again to another fun episode of the final hour. Hope you like the tracks I played. And check out some of these artists I've been playing. They're all some of my favorites. We'll be back next week with more music. Hope to do a full two-hour set then. But uh, yeah, just got to dip early right now. I'm going to end it, y'all, with a little shot of day as a treat. Thank you again so much for tuning in. My name is The Archivist. Keep locked here always F Mutiny Radio in the final hour every Sunday night, 8th, 10 p.m. Thank you again so much. Love y'all. Peace.
flap like plastic. Mutiny Radio. FM.
Jello, and I had already eaten one, and then Dad took the Jello away from me and told me to get up from the table, and I couldn't be sitting at the table no more. Well, you did. You already had five Jellos early in the daytime. You were sneaking Jellos, and Mom didn't know nothing about it, and you kept sneaking. Well, who told you that you were the one going out, the big Jello sheriff of the house? 
I'm getting ready to take mine away from me, and that's what I'm telling you right now. I don't want you touching my body because you're not really my brother anyway. You know, I'm older than you, and actually, you were not born here. You were brought here by the police. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Hi, this is Carl. I wrote this song. I I'm Mike's friend. My turn-ons are satin sheets. I love to be outdoors. Follow me on Twitter. Jokes to Carl. The French duh, not the duh duh. Let's watch a Welcome to L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hey, Hi, Mike. Carl. Thanks for having I am an official co-host now, and I, I welcome our audience. I was going to thank you, but there's no need to thank you. I'm a regular. You've been a regular on this show for, I don't know, the second year. We've been oh, I've been the... regularly booked. Yes. We're right now streaming first on MutinyRadio.fm, the Internet's uh, radio station from San Francisco. You can listen to us every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We follow Found Round Sound with Scotto at noon, and we're right before Ugly Sundays. Uh, so you can tune in to mutinyradio.fm uh, beginning at noon PST and listen to some music, then watch a movie with us, and then listen to more music. How about that? We're going to watch a full-length movie on YouTube. We also have a podcast by our acronym, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. We also have a YouTube channel that uh, Colin... Carl, sorry, uh, Carl. That's all right. Colin's equally as much a friend as me. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, level. We we are here on YouTube as well. Uh, you can watch us yourself. Hey, look, I'm wearing my mini radio shirt. An exclusive. Oh yeah. wow! Uh, Holy cow! Those what? you can't just get those for free. Mike Spiegelman's wearing a mini radio comedy <laughs> festival in Los Angeles. Yeah, that's like the last year and a half. <gasps> um, we so. You can follow us on the YouTube, you can follow us on the podcast, or you can stream here as right now on Mutiny Radio. Mutiny Radio can use your donations. Go ahead to Venmo, donate at Mutiny Radio. Carl, what is the movie we are watching? What full-length movie are we watching today? Today we will watch The Kid Brother, 1927. The Kid Brother, okay. 1927. The channel we like is <laughs> Title Films. Uh -oh. Way to hit it over the head. It's what, films. What's that's the catch? What's like. the catch? Okay, so go ahead and type in The Kid Brother. That's from 1927, and that's a special year. We'll tell you in a sec. It is hosted by the channel <coughs> films. 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 
click the link, hit pause, move it to zero, zero, zero. Uh, we have a really excited, Carl produces yeah. his show, it's a theme song, he yeah. syncs up the videos, yeah. and he interviewed a celebrity comedian. I did. To, yeah. So while you go on YouTube and figure this out, chill out. Carl has an interview with a uh, celebrity comedian. The celebrity comedian will give you talk about himself, herself, and then we'll do the celebrity comedian countdown. And when that comic says go, we go. Carl, take it away. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Celebrity Comedian Countdown, this time with Gary G. Garcia. Welcome, Gary. What's up, baby? Now, Gary, thank you when you're Yeah, well, thank you for being there, I, being here. I mean, I have you here because you are a big time, hot shot, headliner <laughs> comedian. I was excited to get you. But the first thing I want to say is when people look you up, they got to include the G, right? Yeah. G Garcia. Very important. Otherwise, Very important. I come up, uh, when you Google Gary Garcia, I come up like on page nine. There's a, there's a lot of, there's a lot more people named Gary Garcia that are doing much more than I am. <laughs> um, but if you put in Gary G Garcia, I pop right up. Now you were a epic, epic records recording artist. Yeah. Tell back in uh, 1992. How did you get from there to here? Okay. So we're going back to 92. Tell yeah. me a little bit about that time and what was going on with you in your life. Oh, uh, well, we had, uh, we had, we had started what at the time was the first live hip hop band. Uh -huh. So it was, uh, you know, live guitar, bass, drums. Uh, we had a live DJ and then we had a dude, my boy, Peter George, who triggered the samples and I was the vocalist uh -huh. and we were called uh, smoking suckers with logic. Smokers, uh, SSL for short. You know, we, we, had, we had a very brief, very quick pop of light. You know, I got to get into Rolling Stone magazine. You know, I had a little <laughs> article there, first issue of Vibe. So it was very quick and we faded very fast. Well, we, that we, is still. We killed ourselves, really. We, we shot our own foot, feet off. <laughs> well, a hell of a ride. So, what, you guys self destructed in a way? Yeah, no, in every way. That's exactly uh -huh. what happened. We just, you know, you can't give a bunch of. 20, I was 22 at the time when we got signed. We got signed uh, for like 800,000. Wow, it was yeah. a very large. It was a very large uh, deal for you know a, a first time band, and uh, everything was looking really good. But our heads blew up before the album did. <laughs> our heads blew up even before the album came out. I mean, we were 22. We didn't have no guidance. So you know, here it is. We're taking pictures. I was in the first issue of Vibe. I played with Ziggy Marley. I was playing with KRS. Wow. I played with Julian Lennon. And, you know, you tend to, well, we also got, I should mention, we got kicked off the Bob Marley tour. I mean, yes. the, the Ziggy Marley tour. Mm -hmm. um, because of, you know, our antics. We were a little crazy. It was it was a lot of kids from the street. And, uh, you know, a lot of things happening quick. And no, nobody, you know, we, we, were, we were just wild, man. We went on tour, and that was the end of it. Once mm -hmm. we got back from the tour, we left. They gave us a 12-passenger van to go on tour, brand new. When we, when we bought it back, it looked like it was from Road Warrior. Oh, wow. The windshield was completely shattered. I hit like a wild turkey doing 65 miles an hour in cruise <laughs> control. It was insane. It was an insane ride, but it was fun. You know, we had some moments. I got a song in uh in um Street Fighter 2, the animated movie. Uh-huh. They got one of my songs in there. I awesome. got a couple of movies, yeah. So it was cool. Yeah, that's very cool. I mean, I, I understand that it fell apart, you know. Yeah, but then we got Blackpool, which is very true. You can get Blackpool. <laughs> I, I thought that was a myth, but it's actually very true. You can get black wool, you know. 
we had all the majors coming after us when we first signed with Epic, but then when we broke up with Epic, nobody wanted to touch us. The word was out not to even let us in the door. Yeah. And we weren't we weren't let in the door. We could have probably broke through it. We were very talented, but I didn't have the patience. Mm-hmm. You know, I was young. Now today kids and all that stuff, start having kids. You are not young anymore, right? Not you're yet. in your fifties like me, and you're yeah. out there doing comedy. Now your your base is Atlantic City, and this is a tourist spot. So the crowds are good every single night of the week, right? Tell well, me about this. Pretty much. I mean, the winter it slows down. In the winter, the average, like I said, on a Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, you're probably gonna get like twenty, sometimes even fifteen. You know, but uh, for some reason, Tuesdays, I think it's because they give the free hotel rooms on certain days. So Tuesdays, for some reason, pop. Okay. And uh, then you got the weekends. The weekends carry us through. Saturdays, we're always going to have 100 or more for both shows. And we do two shows every night. And uh, we're supposedly opening up another spot down the boardwalk. I'm not really at liberty to say it yet because I don't think it's been completely finalized. Right. But if that's the case, we'll have another room. Before no, COVID, we have five rooms. So that'll make you have three rooms. Yeah, then well, well, the Anchor Rock Club, I don't know if we're going through the whole winter with that. They do okay. a lot of rock shows there, too. Right now, we have a deal with them where we're doing on uh, Mondays and Tuesdays. Okay, okay. You know, so uh, what was the, I mean, before COVID, we had five five rooms every single night of the week. I would do a show in Tropicana, run to, run, you know, get off the stage, run all the way down because we had another show going on, but I was going on later, run down to Caesars, then run to Bally's. Then finish it off over at Showboat. Wow, what a night! Good times, yeah. It was rock and roll, man. Just running from show to show, going off. It was great, and each room was usually pretty well because there's always going to be people out here. And the good thing about Atlantic City is the people that come out here. Unlike New York, I do a lot of shows in New York. I'm out there every Monday. I run a midnight show there called uh, the Not Quite Tuesday Show with my brother Adam Gable. Uh-huh. When I say my brother, I mean my brother in comedy. Um, <laughs> Uh, Adam Gable, we run we run a midnight show there. We've been out there for like, we've been out there doing shows for two years, but with the Not Quite Tuesday show, it's a full year. We just made like a year about three months ago. We made a year over there. So that's always popping. But out there is different because that's tourist also. And, yeah. and, but the tourists there are from like, you know, you know, freaking other countries. You'll get people mm-hmm. from Denmark and England and Ireland and in all these different countries, which is great when you when you do well because you know your stuff is universal. People from anywhere can you know can relate yeah, to it. Yeah. But in Atlantic City, the tourists that you get are Ohio, PA, you know, Chicago, Detroit, and, and right. like, you know, uh Florida. And so when you hit the road, these are people that are actually gonna follow you and become fans and, and stick with you. Having having two fans in England is great. <laughs> but it's not going to do nothing for my career. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes, so the good thing about Atlantic City is it correlates to when I hit the road. Because mm-hmm. the people that see me in Atlantic City, when I come out to their hometowns, then they come out to see me. So, yeah, so Atlantic nice. City, you know, has been has been a blessing to me. You know, in so many ways. Even just the time. During COVID, we were open. Once they opened up the restaurants, we were the only live entertainment in probably anywhere on the East Coast, but definitely in Atlantic City, there was nothing else open. No bars, no clubs, nothing. No live shows. We were the only live show. We were allowed 60 people, and uh, we were sold out every single night. I bet you, yeah. And I was doing two shows a night, 
30, 40 minutes a night. There were some nights, I think the longest I did was like an hour and 26 minutes is the longest I've done so far. One night they just let me go. I was like, go as long as you want. Gotcha. Um, but I was, there was a point I was, I, I'll say, and I'll say this boldly, and I'm pretty sure it's true. I was doing more time as a comedian than any other comedian, definitely in the East Coast. Uh -huh. um, I would probably say the world. I was doing an hour at night, easy. Gotcha. Every single night during, during the lockdowns. That's your so job. There was a point where I was just building and building. I, I, it's been a great opportunity for me, you know? Well, yeah, you were talking to me about your comedy special. You've retired all those jokes because yeah. you don't want people to come out and see you go, oh, I saw that on the special, right? That well, means actually, you they see me to go home and be like, oh, I didn't, I didn't hear him say that tonight. This is right, right. Tonight. Now, you've also got this Rated G podcast, okay? And yeah. I'm sure it's G from Gary G. Garcia and then Rated G, which I'm sure it ain't, you know? And I yeah. think Brian... No, it's not. Who's your co-host, Brian? Brian Licata. Licata, okay. Yeah. Tell me about this one. Two episodes away right now, which by the time this comes out, I'll be at my 100th episode, which is... Very nice. be a very big milestone. I've had, like, some good people on there. I've had uh, uh, Jimmy G from... Um, Murphy's Law on there. Mm -hmm. I had Tommy Chong from Cheech and Chong. Yeah. I had Eleanor, uh, Eleanor Kerrigan on there. Mm -hmm. She's a beast comedian. She's also from, um, what was that show? Entourage. Right. So we got some good, some like really good people. And then, and then most of the people you're going to see on my show are people who are going to be stars. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? Like they're making noise. They're up there. These are people I believe in. And uh, these are people to watch out for. I'm Tell me about this one. Two episodes away right now, which by the time this comes out, I'll be at my hundredth episode, which is very nice. Be a very big milestone. I've had like some good people on there. I've had uh, uh, Jimmy G from um, Murphy's Law on there. Mm -hmm. I had Tommy Chong from Cheech and Chong. Yeah, I've had Eleanor uh, Eleanor Kerrigan on there. She's a beast comedian. She's also from um, what was that show? Entourage. Right. So we got some good, some like really good people, and then and then most of the people you're gonna see on my show are people who are going to be stars. Gotcha. You know what they're I'm saying? Like they're making noise, they're up there, these are people I believe in, and uh, these are people to watch out for. I'm now you're no slouch yourself. You've even been on Showtimes. The show was called Billions. Tell me about that experience, how you got cast, <laughs> what happened there? That That's a, that's a lot more big. People always say, you might've seen them on Billions. Yeah. People who don't know me did not see me on Billions. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, I basically was in the background. I was in the background. I did background acting. I'm very good at, I'm in a couple of movies pretending to talk. But people <laughs> who know me saw me on, on Billions. Like, people who know me call me up like, yo, gee, I just saw you on Billions. Because <laughs> when we did this shoot, I saw, you know, there were all these seats to the left. And then to the right, there were these two seats. So I already knew. I'm like, that's where the main actors are going to be sitting. You know, everyone else didn't <laughs> pick up on that. So, of course, I picked the seat right next to them. And then everybody saw me do that, so they all started jumping into the seats next to them, and then <laughs> they moved everybody around, but I got to sit right next to the dude, so you see me throughout the whole scene. So technically, I was on Showtime. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So technically, I was on, you know, I was on Billions, you know? Well, you got a great credit for opening I made, up Apparently, I made, a, I made a, an impact because they wanted to bring me back, uh -huh. and uh, they couldn't because it was the season I was already in it. They realized they already had me on the other one, because somebody else has saw me and wanted to bring me on another episode. Oh, okay. I get typecasted a lot in the uh, background acting field. I'm um, always playing like uh, a like a, a prison inmate. <laughs> uh, I had a role where they finally, I was a uh, recovering addict number three. 
<laughs> I was I was hoodlum number two. And what's crazy is when, whenever I go, I always go to wardrobe. And right when I walk up, you know, they'll look at me and go, He's you're good, fine. you're straight. You're fine, yeah. you're straight. Even if I'm playing a recovering addict or or whatever, he's fine the way he is. <laughs> I don't know how to take that. That is, yeah, well, I mean, yeah. you should be offended and all at the same time be like, well, you know, the truth is I the mean, truth. The person's really good at picking the persons they want to play. Apparently, I look at, you know, what are you going to do? You know? Okay, so now, how can people find you out there on the internet, on social media? How do people, I mean, we can Google Gary G. Garcia. Is that the way to do it or you got to uh, I mean, yeah, that's my thing on everything. Gary G. Garcia is uh, my Instagram it's my Facebook. Uh, you can go to AC Jokes. You know, they have uh, all the house comedians there. and All my links are there. But if you go to my Instagram, it has my link tree. And it'll link you to everything I, I do. It'll link uh -huh. you to the special. Uh, if you want to check out Rated G, that's on. Um, it's Rated G with Gary G. Garcia and Brian Licata. But if you put in, just get into the Gary G. Garcia, it'll pop up. Yeah. Uh, okay. You just put in Rated G, a bunch of stuff pops up. That's on Spotify. That's on YouTube. I that's do. on that's on anything where you can get uh yeah where you can get podcasts. But uh, if you want to catch all my episodes, go to Spotify. They still support free speech. <laughs> uh, my stuff gets pulled on YouTube sometimes within well, minutes. See, yeah, within I, minutes I, that I, I put it on. <laughs> that's where I catch you on YouTube because the video goes with it. You know, yeah. it's not just audio. Yeah, on Spotify they have the videos as well. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, Spotify you can now watch videos as well. Great. Pretty awesome. I also do uh, the JoJo and Scotty morning show every Monday at 7 in the morning. It's called Conspiracy Mondays on the JoJo and Scotty morning show. That's 100.7 FM. And you could also just put in JoJo and Scotty on the Google, and it'll bring up the – it's not even an app. It just brings up their page. The you can listen live, and you can listen to it from wherever you are. The way you end your show, be scared. They can't control you if, you, if you're not afraid. Yeah, right? How do you say it? How do you say it? Don't let them scare you because if they can't scare you, they can't control you. And that's just the truth. Yeah. You know, it's all through fear that we all look like. Right now, they're trying to get us into a position where we're dependent on them. We need them to, to make all the decisions and protect us. You're never right. going to be fully protected. No one can fully protect you. Nope. You know what I'm saying? The only thing that can protect you is love. All we got is us. We're the ones that can keep each other safe by being kind to each other and by, by being helpful and by showing love to each other. You know, we can't depend on them. They don't have our best interest at home. No, no, no. Wonderful sentiment. Now, Gary G. Garcia, everyone at home is poised to press play at the same time as we do here in the studio on YouTube. There you go. So why don't you go ahead, Gary G. Garcia, and give us that celebrity comedian countdown. It. Enjoy the movie. Three, two, one. Go. Thank you, Celebrity Comedian Countdown, for that amazing story. Now, usually we're watching silent movies, and I hate it because you have that plunkity plunkity plunk piano. But this doesn't. This has some sort of orchestral production, and it makes me very suspicious. In 1990, they did this alternate version. 1990, the Harold Lloyd Trust and Coco Play Productions presented an 83-minute version of the film associated with Thames Television International with a musical score written by Carl Davis. Who is that? I don't know. Who is Carl that? Davis? Yeah. Oh, the addition of modern credits stretched the time to 83 minutes. So 
I don't see modern credits, but this is around 83 minutes, and it does not have the plunkety plunkety piano. No, it actually sounds like a movie mu music. Yeah. You know, doo -doo -doo. And as you watch the film with this music, as I have done, look at that ship. You see that ship? Yeah, yeah. It's a ghost ship. Oh, no. Hey, I'm from the Bay Area. Uh, there was a place called Ghost Ship that burned down and killed a lot of people. We don't talk about Ghost Ship. Okay, I understand. Here is the original mammoth medicine show, Professor Powers. But poor Professor Powers has died and left Mary. Mary oh. Powers, not Josh Powers. Mary Powers. That's question. <clears throat> and she's been talked into keeping the medicine show alive. Oh, you got the monkey? Listen here. Don't let don't take it from me, Pally. Take it from my monkey. He took one sip of my tonic water and boom, look at that boner. Look at that monkey boner. This monkey will give us some funny stuff. Now that's Flash who just stuck his head out and he is like Oh, excuse me, I'm sorry. She's speaking with Flash right now. The other dude the is a real scumbag. He's like the the muscle man of the show and um Oh, he's he's a real jerk. I'll tell um, you. His giant name cart. is Sandoni. Muscle Man Sandoni. Do you think he's the great Sir Sandoni? No, no. He's, uh, he's the scumbag. Nah, scumbag. Now, this is the sheriff, Jim Hickory. And Jim Hickory's got three sons, but according to, like, as far as the world is concerned, he only has two. That's Leo and Olin. You see him helping with the with the uh, logs here. Yeah. Now look, snap! It breaks. Hold on, hold on, Olin. Let me use my brute strength to bend the chain back. Now look, uh, look what they do. I mean, this seriously, Mike. I, maybe it's a prop or something, but I could never do something like this. It doesn't matter if there are three guys. Yeah. Look at that. That's nuts. That's could kill your back. They also yes! should be. They should be singing Unchained Memory. <laughs> Unchained Loggery. <laughs> that reminds me of Skullduggery for some reason. Oh, here is there the he third is. son. He is the, the youngest brother. son, and he is the wimpiest son, and he is our Lloyd, um, Harold Lloyd. Now, what's he doing, Mike? What's he doing? He's, he's churning butter, Carl. Right. That'll be our first joke, because he's not churning butter. He's churning laundry. Oh, I see. What a like, like he first moment we see Harold Lloyd on the screen, he's very cash. He's chewing. He's yep. just chilling. Like boom, we're already into him. Oh, right. That's pretty clever. He is the. The thing is, he doesn't look. It's on a kite. Uh, Isn't kite. that funny? Very clever. Very Rube Goldbergian. No, it's not. You can't yeah. see that every episode. You're talking about the guy who made the mouse trap. Right, yeah, didn't you notice he lit a bird's feet on fire and then the bird knocked over a, a congressman talking and the hot air from the congressman caused Boom. him to lose the rise? Oh. Now you see him watching them, wishing he could do something like that, but he just can't. Now he is sad because it's like his father recognizes his two strong kids and not his youngest kid. That was uh, Bonanza, wasn't it? They always piss on Haas. I, you know... You never watched I, Bonanza? Not really. I, I remember it was on, it was in the reruns, but it wasn't like one of those reruns you saw after when you were seeing Homesick from school. Yeah, absolutely. It wasn't really even on the UFH channels at one point. Okay, so the first thing that happens is we put pressure on Harold Lloyd because 
He needs his white shirt, his fancy shirt for tonight's meeting. Now watch there's continuity problem. You see the goat is chewing uh -huh. and switches the background. That is not the greatest of all time. Boom! Oh no. Oh no, the kite. Right. But it gets stuck in the roof. That's pretty clever. Must have take a hundred takes. Now, the the thing's really guided by a pole off camera, and we're going to see its shadow, so watch, because it'll okay. take... Okay, here it comes. Wow. No, no, no. Here it is. There yeah. it goes. Yeah, I see it. Totally. But the thing is, it, it could look like the shadow of the string, so it's not such a continuity. Who in his right mind would jump on a big pile of logs and to, like that? Okay, now, here we're going to meet bad guy. This is Hank Hooper. Boo. Essentially, the Hoop... The, the, the what about Hoop? ...are a famous family, and the Hoopers don't like him. The Hoops don't like him? No. This guy will go on to commit suicide next year, and I don't have any details on why he did it. Wow. He left a daughter behind, too. Look Jeez. at this funny thing. You don't see that every day on the farm. Now, how did they make that happen for the movie? They killed about six or seven animals until they got the shot. <laughs> they had now look. You see, there's a little continuity area. He he error. He was chasing the pig, and now he was leaning against the fence. So, anyways, like he thinks he's taking his laundry. So he says, "That's my laundry. It's my dad's good shirt." Now look, the film sets it up that the father thinks that Harold is like, sort of like the ne'er to do well. But you'll see throughout this film, that's not true at all. He is smart. He kicks ass. He fights. He is a yeah. true hickory. Yeah, man. Hick I'm, I'm team yeah, hickory, good. man. Nice. Down the hill. Yeah. He didn't do it on purpose to trick him, but it happened. We. I mean, ouch. Right. Now, watch, how, watch this trick he'll do. He trips him, gets on yeah. his back, and it retrieves the laundry. Crazy. Now, this is very funny, too. He thinks those two socks are his, but they're a napping guy. So he gives it to the bad guy. Oh, and then the napping guy is like, who took my socks? You try to roll my no! socks. <laughs> we'll never see this guy again. That sock him to me, guy. Now watch how he tricks, um, uh, watch how he tricks Hank again. Hank will go up to get the laundry. And it's not clear if he thinks it's his. I mean, he must think it's his laundry. Sure. But Harold will come and say, thank you. Thanks, Hoopy. Hoops. <laughs> no one called him Hooper, right? It's always no, Hoop. they called him Hoops. Here's Dad. Where the fuck is my son? Uh-oh. It's another Hooper. The, now, this guy is the, the bad guy for the father. Oh. Two Hooper bad Daddy guys. Daddy Hooper. Hey, have you seen Hooper's brother around here? Yeah, my name is Hooper. You can call me Hooper. <laughs> hey, Hooper's brother. Okay, so they've collected money from the town, sort of like taxes that are voluntary, to build a dam. It's going to oh. be a very good thing for the town. Son, how many times have I told you, we don't want no more trouble with these hickories. But he's going to have lots of trouble throughout the film, and it's his own fault. Watch him kick him. Watch him kick. See, he kicked him. Yeah. Right in the ass. Yeah, he right deserves to be a hickory, and the dad needs to find that out. 
son? Is there gonna so a lot of movies nowadays with father issues, they're always like, I, I just watched Strange World. It's like, no, Dad, that's what you want to do. Right. That's right. just in this movie, right? None of that. He wants to be a Hickory. He wants to join the legacy. They're famous throughout the county, and uh, he wants to be one of them. And he, he feels like he needs to earn his place. Well, actually, no, he doesn't feel like he needs to earn his place. He kind of mopes around a lot, and then later he will earn his place. Look, Carl, look, he go. has a string tied to the to the comb to his mirror, so he'll never lose it. Right, it'll hang there. That's a good idea, right? That's a good life hack, yeah. Now, look what... He's... See, he thinks, oh, my shirt's fine. <laughs> tricked his dad. Now, look, Harold Lloyd wanted more jokes in this film than any of his films. So he hired eight gag men, eight. Okay, watch. He can't come to the meeting because it's no place for boys. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I'm disappointed. Right, and now he'll start moping around, damn it. And he'll like, he'll like do play pretend. They'll put on the sheriff's outfit, you'll see. So anyway, Harold Lloyd wanted this film to be really fucking hilarious. So he hired, I guess, okay, we would call them writers. Right. Yeah, gag called, writers. They call them gag men, at least back in the day. Well, maybe you're right. Maybe that's a current today term, too. I don't know. I, I'm not in the business. But if, if I was, I would be the top gag writer in the industry. Oh, that's very braggy. Hey, give me a topic. I'll give you six gags by two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying to write this joke for a long time. It's about how, like, when jokes are obvious, like you think up a joke that you wrote on your own, but it's been done before, and how it's not really plagiarism because you really didn't think it up on its own, your own, but you can't right. do it anymore. So it's like I wrote this joke and then I saw it on a rerun for Jackie Gleason, right? <laughs> and makes me yeah. realize I could write for Jackie Gleason. Yeah, right. Yeah, you're like, oh man, I was at the wrong time in the wrong place. I still have never made that joke work on a old, you know, to pull it out and open mic on maybe we'll, you and i'll work on it i'm sure look, so now he's like pretending he's a sheriff and then he gets shamed his father's looking at him what are you doing you little kid you're not a sheriff he's so good harold lloyd you know we watch a lot of was a huge hit we watch a lot of buster keenan movies and i kept calling him harold lloyd because i love harold yep. lloyd so much yep. yeah now we're watching this as we've been doing previous january's because uh, thanks to the public domain law in the United States. Thank you, film, Trump. Thank you, Trump, for not noticing that law got <laughs> reactivated during your administration. If that guy realized that, that the arts were, were getting free shit like this, he would no have way, man. Man. no way, man. He's gotta make money. It was be it, this was not in his radar, but it was in Disney's radar. We had a deal with public domain. The importance of public domain is that culture, we discuss culture, it's in our life, it's part of our life. We talk about Iron Man, we talk, these are part of our lives. And yes. to tell these stories, at a certain point, the gatekeepers have to let go. They have to, it can't be owned. You can't own Sherlock Holmes indefinitely. It's not reasonable. The guy who really made, you might own the rights, but you didn't make it. It's not reasonable. It's not reasonable. So they've been uh, making films songs, books, and putting them in the public domain in the United States. Disney complained because Disney knows their time is up. They can't yeah, make money off of this anymore. They want to make their money. So they, Congress in the 90s passed a law to wait 20 years. Well, we waited 20 years, and now we're here, and this movie from 1927, along with 
other films is in the public domain. And by other films, Carl, the jazz singer. Yes. Metropolis. The first talkie. So the whole thing was in the talkie, just a portion. Just the just the part where the Jewish guy puts blackface on his uh, on his face. Right. Hey, his own legacy and had no idea that it was gonna Okay, so the medicine show stopped by and said, Who signs the permits? He goes, The sheriff signs the permits, but he's not gonna be interested. He ran the last medicine show out of town. So they see Harold Lloyd as, you know, he's pretending to be the sheriff and he's he's playing, you know, he's on the porch. And they say, this guy's a fucking rube. We'll get him to sign the permit. And that's what they're uh, doing right now. They're, they're, they don't really they're know him. they're scamming him, but they are scamming him. But it's not legit. He's not the sheriff. He's a hickory. So it's oh, it legit. What a dumbass hickory. Yeah. Hickory dickory suck my dock. <laughs> oh! Oh! The mouse ran up the clock. The clock struck one. The other got away. I like that one. Oh, yeah? I don't know what, yeah, where'd you get that? Is it from a guy named Bill Aronson who goes to every Scotty show. He's a big pain in the butt. But okay. every now and then he writes Name names. Show. Name names. That's Why not? Joke. Why not? This guy is a jerk. He should be called out. He goes and annoys all the comics. He thinks they're his friends. He goes into the back at the comics table and goes, hi, hi, and he just he like monopolizes their time. I want to talk to him. I want his side of the story. I want to hear his side of the story. Okay, fine. Yeah, all right. His uh, wife is Nancy Aronson, and she's a very nice, nice person. So is he giving him brownies? Thank you for the brownies. <laughs> so he's Okay, the chairman's saying we've collected all the money from the town for the dam, so we'll give it to the person we trust the most, our sheriff. But Hooper, you know, is not thinking he's trustworthy. And he goes, what's that? What are you going to do with the money? We're just setting it up. He's going to be the pain in the ass bad guy throughout the film. Oh, the hoop. You know, this movie, if it had Hoopers and Sullivans, I'd be like, look out, Hoop, Sully's coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you, yeah, I guess you could do Hick. and Okay, so here's the medicine show, and here is our hero. It's Mary. Would you drink, would you go to a medicine show and get snake oil and drink it? Well, is the year 1830, and I don't know what the fuck is going on in this world, and I just trust everything I hear? Yeah, I would yeah. buy that. I want to be a He-Man. Well, that's the thing. Like, what are they promising? They're promising a boner, aren't they? Back in the no, 1830s. They, okay. So, <laughs> so the San, um, 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 Santoni. Uh, Sandoni. San, not the great Sandoni. Sandoni will be a muscle man and he'll be the example. This is what it can do for you. Now, look, he's pretty much going to rape Mary. Right. How can that be? They're partners in a medicine show. They've known each other all this time. You know what I mean? Like, how could he? And why is it this moment? By mistake, hit Harry on the ass. Oh, holy cow. She's beautiful. I like this guy. <laughs> it does convey. Yeah. I like the bow tie. It's very important to wear a bow tie in the middle of nowhere. Well, it's 1830. That's as much a tie as a regular tie. I'm going out to the forest. Don't forget to wear your bow tie. Now, here comes Sandoni, and he sees what's going on. Mary sees it and says, uh-oh, this guy will protect me. 
Uh, yeah. Better now, this is course. either the sixth or seventh Harold Lloyd film that she's been the main squeeze, okay? Nice. Now, this will be the last one that she's in. Now, she has this supporting role in a film called Wings, and the internet raves about Wings. Okay, he's got a stick, but he doesn't see the snake. Of course, Sandoni does. So he thinks he, he scared him off. Right. Oh, right, because he's so waving at him. But Mary does, and that's one of the reasons she likes him. Is he going to look at it and go, Exactly right, Mike. You could have been a gag man. Oh, right. I was number eight. Put a snake on it. You know, what's funny is most all of the gags got cut. Even though he worked so hard to make so many little jokes in this thing, they didn't help the plot. They didn't move it along. Now, they're really sort of intimately touching for 1870s, 1850s, you know? Sure. So they're like both nervous. Mr. Hickory, I don't know how to thank you. Well, I have an idea. Uh-huh, right. Hell, Hickory Log. Actually, it's a love thing. Who told you my name? Oh, the Hickories are famous. You signed you signed away your lead, uh, your deed. Don't you remember? <laughs> when I was in grade school, we the Hickory Dickory Dock, the mouse <laughs> of my dock. Oh, yeah. I used to go to the Hickory Barn out in Willowbrook Mall. <laughs> what get a samples. You know, that it would probably be rural at this time. I want you to know this whole film was shot in California, but it's rural. Yeah. This is today's um it's it's Glendale Burbank and near Pasadena. You know that's not rural today. No, it's not rural at all. And yeah, it is funny because you watch a lot of silence and they're like people walking around the forest and you're like, yeah. Wow, that's where we're where the story takes place? Okay. But it's usually because it's outside the field. You that's had mentioned had, yeah. You mentioned Wings and uh, that she's in it. Wings also came out in 1927. It is considered, uh -huh. it's known because it's the first Oscar winner for Best Picture. Ah, uh, I see. It's about World War One, I think. Okay, I have to tell you something. You see how we're elevating with his yeah. climbing? Yeah, this that's pretty impressive. Innovation. Yeah. This, they put the camera on a literal elevator that they made. It's pretty cool. Now, look, it's really cute. He gets up higher because she's going down a hill. And she's like, what's your name? She goes, Mary. So, look, now she disappears below the hill. And he thinks of another question. So he goes up higher. Yeah, and there goes the elevator. Second floor. Tree Where do you live? Yeah, second floor. Locations of <laughs> trees. Where, Where do you, do you live? live? <laughs> and a man down by the river. <laughs> oh, in a, cart, a horse and carriage down by the river. Yeah. There she goes, disappearing down the hill. But he thinks of another question. Hey! Uh oh, elevator. This is really funny. Yeah. And Harold Lloyd, look what he's doing. He's climbing a tree like it's so nonchalant. A real tree. Now, this guy was just like Buster Keaton in that he would do all his own stunts and everything. It was very pantomime -y. Uh Watch this. Watch this. So it's like he won't Whoa. really be falling all that elevation, but it doesn't make it safe. As a matter of fact, he will go on to lose his thumb. He lost his thumb after this film? Yes. There was a bomb, literal bomb, that he thought was a prop 
He's like, ooh, he lost his fucking thumb. So in future movies, they put a glove on him, and it was really realistic. You didn't understand that he lost his thumb. You never saw it on screen. So fucking crazy. He, uh, yeah, he's great. I love Buster Keaton. I mean, uh, Harold Lloyd. <laughs> You're doing it again, but in reverse. You know, so one of the things, my, my father was able to get a box set of Harold Lloyd's uh, collection. So it was silent uh-huh. movies and his talkies. And his talkies are not bad. They aren't bad. There's some decent comedies in there. And one of the things that Harold Lloyd did, and they put it in the box set, he 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 had his shit together compared to the other silent movie stars. Like, he owned oh, the rights yeah. to his films. That's why there's an estate. And that's he had his own uh, estate in, in Los Angeles. And he called it Green Acres. It's no longer cool. owned by the family. But one of the, his things he liked to do was 3D photography. And the box set included his original photography. You would wear the 3D glasses, the red and green ones, and oh. you see them in 3D. Now watch his creative way, just like the laundry. This is how he does dishes. Oh, God, what a great way to do dishes. He spins. <laughs> yeah, he puts the thing so it will naturally unspin. Once again, though, he doesn't, you know, like... He got this from my TikTok video, instructional video. <laughs> Life hack. Life hack. Now watch how he'll put them away. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so he's just going to put the shelf there? and then... Yeah. <laughs> if only. Now watch, he just lifts it. Now he will dry his dishes. Oh, with the heat. Now I think that's a wood shelf, right? Uh huh. Right under a flame. You get that charbroiled plate. Mm. <laughs> this tastes great. Did you? Is it? Is it? Uh, <laughs> is it smoked ham? No, that's the plate, sir. <laughs> oh, there it is. What a genius! Now what they're doing is they're signing the rule. Uh, the like, dear uh, sir. Okay, yeah, yeah. They're signing a letter that, like, we want to do the dam. I've got all the money, dear straight treasurer. And basically, all the hickories will sign it, except for guess who? Uh, bus, uh, Harold? Yeah. No, Dad. But then they'll say, isn't that cute? He wants to sign. Well, hey, you're a hickory. And he will sign. And he'll do it with the biggest John Hancock of the whole thing. Hickory, dickory, and duck is how he signs it. <laughs> so he's saying, what do you think of the letters, boys? And the other two give their opinion. And then, like, Harold Lloyd just plays along. Yeah, yeah, it's good, yeah. I concur. He's trying so hard to be a hickory boy. You see how he keeps on not being able to sign it? Now, it's a little endearing how they're like, isn't that cute? He goes, Dad, shouldn't I sign? He goes, okay, sure thing, son. (laughs) Yeah, he is a hickory. Put your John Hickory right here. Jesus Christ, Harold Hickory. Yeah. Now, all of their names, you know, he's Harold Lloyd, and the other guy is Jim Hickory. His real name is, um... oh, no, it's not true. No, it's not true. Leo Wills is Leo Hickory. Olin Francis is Olin Hickory. Well, I was going to say how neat it was that their first name of all the actors was their first name in the film, but it's really not true. It wasn't good for them because they meet a Blair Witch later on. Yes. What? 
So here, it's like, you guys come into the medicine show? It says, medicine show? Who gave permission for a fucking medicine show? And then they're going to real. did you? No, sir. Did you? No, sir. Well, that's there it. Goes. The hickories. Yeah. So it's like, son? Gulp? Gulp. I better drink some of this snake oil. Glug, 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 glug. So he marches his son back in there and says, did you give permission for me? He goes, yes, I did, Dad. He goes, ah, so you're a sheriff now, eh? Okay. He deputizes him and he says, then go shut down the show. Whoa. That'll, that'll be his charge to go down there and kick out the medicine show that he let in. Mary, Mary, you got to close up the medicine show. Quite contra- what you're doing run DMC again. Right? Yeah, do you want to play that? Mary Mary, <laughs> who's your daddy? Oh, look at that. Darn Broadway. That's weak. Was there a Broadway in 1927? Of course. Broadway melodies in 1927. Run DMC. Mary Mary. No, you're not. Well, you said No. We got busted for playing it's tricky. Yeah, so we can't be heard in Indonesia. But that's our fan base. We have a restriction in Germany. Oh, our German listeners. Why are able... you bugging? Okay. Oh, and finally. Show, and we have the lamest entertainment ever. A horrible, horrible Mary Dance. Now listen, man. Mary Dance is what I'll take. Back in the... Back in the Bakersfield and Burbank, that's, mm -hmm. that's we lucky to get a very dance. Now, here is He-Man, and this is what the medicine is going to do for you. Now, look, he can't get through because he's a wimpy, wimpy little hickory. Yeah, he he fellas. So, look, he gets sure. an idea. Like, some dog, you see that guy pushed right through. Oh, so he's, he's in the butt. Right I figured now, he just climb over everybody like they're trees. Now, look. He walked in, now he's walking out, and that walks Harold out. Huh? Damn it. It's as funny as Buster Keaton. Now look, this dog gives him an idea. Oh, hey. just hold it up. There he go. Wow. No animal. Harold Lloyd always claimed this to be his favorite amongst all his films. In later years, he proudly screened the film in select theaters and film schools. Oh, that's cool. It's not a bad movie so far, right? It's it's and it was a huge hit. This made him the biggest box office draw in nineteen twenty seven. Wow, and we are talking Metropolis and Jazz Singer and, and Wings during that year. Yeah, he was the top box office attraction. I really want to try some snake oil. I would totally be in front row. Like, come on. He's like, excuse me, excuse me. I have to shut you down. Excuse me. You, son, you can have this. <laughs> uh, hey, excuse me, performer commanding the stage. Right. Uh, yeah. If it's okay with you, I'd like to shut down the show. My dad told me. Sure, certainly, call, son, right? but have you tried? Since I got your ear, everyone's ear, have you tried? Oh, he's telling him to go away. Yeah. Never mind that, folks. Pick a card, any card. Excuse me, excuse me, I must insist. He goes, all right, all right, come on up here. Come on up here, sir. Pick, Pick a card. card. So he basically, okay, he's going to do a trick that proves that the sheriff is out of sight. I kind of don't know what that means, like 
certainly we didn't say out of sight until like late 60s. You think I, like out of sight, man? Now watch this. Trapdoor. Jesus Christ. Christ. And look who is so loves it. Watch him clap. It's Hank. Watch Hank. <laughs> Oops. I don't like that guy. Yeah, we're not yeah. supposed to. It's really kind of tragic that he killed himself. I was trying so hard to find the story. Was he sick? Was he a drunk? Did he get maimed? Like, why would he do that? Did he suffer right. from depression his whole life? I couldn't find the answer because he's a footnote. You see, Mike, that's one of the sucky things about doing the research for this film. These guys, you see all these films they were in, and you don't know any of them, you know? He worked with blah, blah, blah. He worked with blah, blah, blah. Well, who the hell is blah, blah, blah? We're out of context. You know, at this point, Carl, I mean, we're old guys, and we, we might have younger listeners, but this film is pretty old for all of us. Yes. You know, so we don't know the culture, really. <laughs> the star on his butt. Oh, like the Sneetches. He's looking for, yeah, like the star, the star-butted Sneetches, I remember. Yeah. He's looking for his, uh, his, uh, I have my authority. You're so, no longer a sheriff. Give me your badge and gun, okay? <laughs> um, the, um, the only other thing about Hank Cooper, his name is Ralph Yearsley, and he's English. He was British born, but he, he worked in a lot of Hollywood films. He died, uh, let's see, he's born 1896, so he did not have a long life. And there's some story there that I just can't tell you. All right. Now, I looked up Leo Wilsis, Olin Franstons, Konstantin Romanov, Husandowski there, Frank Landing. I don't know. They're not, like, for instance, Frank Landing, an American actor of the silent era, appeared in 84 films between 1910 and 1934. This is kind of information I was able to pull out because there's nothing relatable to our audience. Look how they're fucking with this guy, man. Ah, uh, man. And there's no, oh, like, stunt oh. doubles. You know that's Harold's ass. Wow, yeah, this man, is crazy. That show was fire. Come on, even Jackie Chan doesn't dangle from a trapeze <laughs> uh, thing over a, a now, fire. Now, who saves him? Mary saves him. Yay. So, now... I, I bring you down here to shut down the medicine show, and they've got you stringed up as if it's a lynching, and the town burns down. What? You're, you're a hickory? Come on, kid. That's my sheriff. I'll give Both. you 24 hours to get out of town. Who's that, the medicine? Oh, the hickory. Flash, are... yeah, the yeah. leader of the medicine guy. He goes, Flash I'll is... get the key to unlock you, Mr. Hickory. She really likes him. Now, is that Flash, uh, Spider-Man's friend, who is such a jerk? No, that isn't Flash. Flash was uh, a high school kid in the, <laughs> right, in 66, 67, sure. I doubt. Although there is a Flash in the most recent Spider-Man movies. There's a Even guy playing Flash. reason why this is Flash. Look, he's in the box to hide, and who should see it but... The hoop. Yeah, and Hoop is going to say, ha, 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 I'm going to fuck him over again, and he locks him in there. Oh no! Ha! Yeah, now, now Hoop is happy with the world. Oh, where's Mister Hickory? Oh no, where's Mister? I have the key, Mister Hickory. He's in a a hickory. Wait a minute, he's in a wicker basket outside a fire. Yes. Now Mary's livelihood has fucking burnt, burnt down. down. 
So she's got, you know, that was her father's legacy. Now you can't really say that you can't really say that that Harold Lloyd look at her butt jiggle, man. This is the um, best. Don't say it, don't say it. butt jiggle, butt jiggle. Don't it is say it, butt jiggle. It is don't jiggle. say it. You don't want to spend an hour and a half in the editing room. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Getting rid of jiggle boobs reference. Okay, unlocked her savior. Now it really isn't um Harold Hickory's fault that this place burned down. It's Flash for being a dick. But right. still He's gonna look, blame him. No, she's not. No, she's not. Throughout the whole film, she's like, you're the man for me. Now, look, he feels her tears crying. But the gag is, it's also raining. So he's going to be like, wow, is she crying? God's crying. Now, she's oh. crying because she has nowhere to live. She has no income. She has no anything. I mean, her medicine show has burnt down. Oh, yeah, there's the tears. Yeah, but it's really raindrops. I've never oh. seen that gag before. <laughs> yeah, he's a, the gagman. Okay, his na her name really is Jabina. 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 Ralston. Yeah. And she was Jojo. In... What? Jojo, Jojo is that her nickname? Sure. Uh, she would go on to play a supporting part in Wings. Big deal. But apparently it is. It uh, is. He was perhaps best remembered for on-stream chemistry with Harold Lo with Lloyd, with whom she worked on seven films. Um, I don't know. She died in '67. Wow, that's good. That's a, a long time to live. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She was born in 1899, which means she was born in the 1800s. It's funny. My son was born in. December 28th, 1999. And when he's going to be a grandpa, they're going to say, Dad is so old. He was born in 1999. Like it's I know, not, right. Like what that's we so, think of as 1800s, you know. That's still part of the 1800s. Yeah. yeah. Now, she has nowhere to live or nowhere to sleep, so he brings her home to their house. Dad, what was it like growing up in 1980? Oh, it was rough. All we had to watch was Wildcats with Horatio Sands uh, <laughs> growing up in the 2000s. He was streaming movies. There uh, was no such thing as 3D holographic theater cinema in your home. Right, in your home. Okay, so the two brothers are in their pajamas. And I don't know. That means that they don't want to be seen in their pajamas. I don't get, the, I don't get it. Like, they're being modest. But the thing is, they're completely clothed. You know, right, their pajamas well, are head to toe. You don't see a dick. I just don't get it. Do they have a little flap on their ass? Yeah, for pooping. Yes, they yeah. do. It's so great. You don't have to take your one piece off. Right. It's not just for pooping. Let's say you wanted, like, expose your butt. Easy peasy. Now, look. You see how they're sneaking upstairs, but she turned around. I don't get it. I don't get it. They're bashful. Come here, you. Come here, you. Hey, <laughs> Hello. Whoa. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so I don't – okay, that is going to be the premise for about, you know, six to eight minutes now. They're modest and shy. They don't want to be seen naked, even though they're not naked. So you have the setup for our gag here. Pretty impressive. So it's nice of him to give her a place. Yes, it is. And now, 
as you know, back in those days, yes, you only can choose from the human beings in your immediate environment. You know, you're you're marrying the neighbor's daughter because, you know, that's your, right. So in that same way, these. Goofy dudes are like, it's a girl, there's a girl, it's a girl, there's a girl. So they'll have all kinds of goofy, you know, try nervousness around a girl and trying to get her attentions. And so he's going to go off and make some coffee. Okay. And he's going to try to entertain her with, do you remember there was that... The GIF viewfinder, GA, what was it called? Oh, the viewfinder. You just yeah. said it. So it's the, but but what was, they were called like GAF, GEF. Was it like Fisher Price? Yeah. GEF. Maybe not Fisher Price, but anyway, it's the 1880s version of that. You have two pictures. They're a little cockeyed, so they kind of feel 3D, and you look through a viewer. We'll get oh, I know what you're talking. Oh, I didn't, they're not. Well, viewfinders are 3D. I mean, yes, that's they what, are. Yes, they are. And that's what we're going to get here. Do you remember Paris on the viewfinder? No, but I certainly remember Disney World. We had one of Disney World. We had one of Dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. We had one of Grand Canyon. We had a lot of Disney movies, like the, uh, the Seven Dwarves and shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like really old Disney movies. G I F G A F. I don't know what it says. Oh, got spooned. They're so modest. <laughs> yeah. oh. oh, that must feel really good on your balls. Now I'm they're outside. Them. What's going on? What's going on? Oh, it's the wind. Oh, I'm falling for that because it's a movie. Look at oh, that. We're great. <laughs> what they go for? Just get your your balls indoors, man. See, that's the thing about him. He really is a hickory. He's fucking with them. You know, he's clever. Uh, he really should be considered as cool as the right. sheriff and his two other two sons. God, they must be drenched. <laughs> yeah. What was that? The fucking wind again, Mary. I told you. Why you bugging? <laughs> Why you bugging? Breaking beans. There's something about Mary's. There is something about Mary. Here's the viewfinder. Oh yeah! Oh, these are cool. So that's what he was into, Rand. It was really cool to to see the photos. This is as best you can do for entertainment back then. You did a lot of book reading, a lot of talking, card playing. Right. Uh, etchings. Do you want to come up to my room the and see R-S- my etching? Viewfinder toy. Now the internet cares that they made a mistake and put the images backwards. I don't know why we care. I know. I've been complaining. She just saw this brothers for the first time. Oh my god, look how wet that hand is. Yeah, it's called GIF mm. Viewmaster Retro Toy Game Animated. Now we would go on today to have the computer gra- you know, the GIF. That's just a coincidence. Well, don't forget the magic eye. There was a bridge. Remember looking at that that's that image and then that image pops out a boat? The magic eye. Oh, in yeah, purple. You stare at it and unfocus your eyes, and uh-huh. it will pop. Yeah. 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 I can never do that. 
it was hard. I would eventually do once you could do it on one picture. Anytime you looked at that picture, you could do it. But yeah. like the first time you saw the picture, you had to really unfocus. I where is it? Fuck it. Well, like in in Purple Onion, the first ten minutes they use a magic eye, and I would have been like, "Yeah, fuck it, I'm done. Movie's over. <laughs> you could, I'm not going." Okay, so the neighbors come over and say, "Look, it is um, the Hickories come over, and that was uh, the Hoopers come over and say right. it's improper for some girl to be staying at your house. You need a house where there are other women, or otherwise it's improper." And so Hoop kind of trumps him, you know, Harold Lloyd there. So we missed it. But when he was closing the door, um, Hank was like, fuck you, buddy. Slam. (laughs) Nice. No, Hoop trumps him so many times. As much as Harold Lloyd trumps Hoop, Hoop trumps Hank Hickory here. A little tit to tat. So now the brothers don't know the girl's gone. So... Harold will take advantage of the situation and pretend, you know, he will sleep where the girls, the girl is. He's not sleeping on a bale of hay. He says, I'm going to go sleep in the barn. Yeah. Flash and the not great San, 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 uh, and not the Sandoni. Mm -hmm. They have nowhere to sleep either. So they slept in the, in some barn and he goes, look, the sheriff's got all this money for some dam or something. We we got no living or income anymore. Let's go fucking steal that money. That's not a bad idea. Let's. I have an idea. Let's. When they build the dam, we could sleep in it, or we could just take the money. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So where's Harold? Oh, he slept in the barn, and there's a lady sleeping in the parlor. She was invited. Oh, you know, he he. T- they tell him the story. There she is. Now, don't wake her up. They're being considerate, so they're tiptoeing out. <laughs> they look so stupid. They look pretty good. The old Belton. Now, of course, the dad doesn't care about the girl. Uh, I don't know what happened to the mom or anything, but, you know, you.
God of them is the Found Round Sound Show. Happy Halloween. For Halloween that year, the year my sister was two, I dressed up as the Headless Horseman. Before, I'd only ever been ghosts and fat ladies, both of which were easy. All you needed was a sheet and a lot of talcum powder, or a dress and a hat and some padding. But this year would be the last one I'd ever be able to disguise myself, or so I believed. I was getting too old for it. I was almost finished with being 13, and so I felt the urge to make a special effort. Halloween was my best holiday. Why did I like it so much? Perhaps because I could take time off from being myself, or from the impersonation of myself I was finding it increasingly expedient, but also increasingly burdensome, to perform in public. I got the Headless Horseman idea from a story we'd read in school. In the story, the Headless Horseman was a grisly legend and also a joke, and that was the effect I was aiming for. I thought everyone would be familiar with this figure. If I'd studied a thing in school, I assumed it was general knowledge. I hadn't yet discovered that I lived in a sort of transparent balloon drifting over the world without making much contact with it, and that the people I knew appeared to me at a different angle from the one at which they appeared to themselves, and that the reverse was also true. I was smaller to others up there in my balloon than I was to myself. I was also blurrier. I had an image of how the Headless Horseman was supposed to look. He was said to ride around at night with nothing on top of his shoulders but a neck, his head held in one arm, the eyes fixing the horrified viewer in a ghastly glare. I made the head out of paper mache using strips of newspaper soaked in a flour and water paste I cooked myself as per the instructions in the Rainy Day Book of Hobbies. Earlier in my life, long ago, at least two years ago, I'd had a wistful desire to make all the things suggested in this book. Animals twisted out of pipe cleaners, balsa wood boats that would whiz around when you dropped cooking oil into a hole in the middle, and a tractor thing put together out of an empty thread spool, two matchsticks, and a rubber band. But somehow I could never find the right materials in our house. Cooking up paste glue was simple, however. All you needed was flour and water. Then you simmered and stirred until the paste was translucent. The lumps didn't matter. You could squeeze them out later. The glue got quite hard when it was dry, and I realized the next morning that I should have filled the pot with water after using it. My mother always said, a good cook does her own dishes. But then, I reflected, glue was not real cooking. The head came out too square. I squashed it at the top to make it more like a head, then left it down by the furnace to dry. The drying took longer than I'd planned, and during the process, the nose shrank 
and the head began to smell funny. I could see that I should have spent more time on the chin, but it was too late to add on to it. When the head was dry enough, at least on the outside, I painted it what I hoped was a flesh color, a wishy-washy bathrobe pink, and then I painted two very white eyeballs with black pupils. The eyes came out a little crossed, but it couldn't be helped. I didn't want to make the eyeballs gray by fooling around with the black pupils on the damp white paint. I added dark circles under the eyes and black eyebrows and black enamel hair that appeared to have been slicked down with brilliantine. I painted a red mouth with a trickle of shiny enamel blood coming down from one corner. I'd taken care to put a neck stub on the bottom of the head and I painted this red for where the head had been severed with a white circle in the middle of the bottom part for the neck bone. The body of the horseman took some thought. I made a cape out of a piece of black fabric left over from a now obsolete puppet stage of mine, gathering it at the neck end, designed to sit on top of my head and sewing buttons down the front and cutting two inconspicuous holes at eye level so I'd be able to see out. I borrowed my mother's jodhpurs and riding boots, left over from before she was married. She hadn't ridden a horse since her wedding day, she was in the habit of saying, proudly or regretfully. Probably it was both. But I didn't pay much attention to my mother's tone of voice then. I had to tune it out in order to charge full speed ahead with what I myself was doing. The riding boots were too big, but I made up for that with hockey socks. I safety pinned the jodhpurs around the waist to keep them from falling down. I got hold of some black winter gloves and improvised a horse whip out of a stick and a piece of leather I'd scrounged from the box of archery materials. Archery had once been popular with my father and then with my brother, but my father had given it up and the box had been abandoned in the trunk room in the cellar now that my brother had to study so much. I tried on the entire outfit in front of my mirror with the head held in the crook of my arm. I could scarcely see myself through the eye holes, but the dark shape looming in the glass with two sinister eyeballs staring out balefully from somewhere near the elbow looked pretty good to me. On the night itself, I groped my way out the door and joined my best friend of the moment, whose name was Annie. Annie had done herself up as Raggedy Ann, complete with a wig of red wool braids. We'd taken flashlights, but Annie had to hold my arm to guide me through the darker patches of the night, which were numerous in the badly lit suburb we were traversing. I should have made the eye holes bigger. We went from door to door shouting, Shell out! Shell out! and collecting popcorn balls and candy apples and licorice twists and the Halloween toffees wrapped in, in orange and black waxed paper with designs of pumpkins and bats on them, of which I was especially fond. I loved the sensation of prowling abroad in the darkness, of being unseen, unknown, potentially terrifying, though all the time retaining underneath my own harmless, mundane, and dutiful self. There was a full moon, I think, 
there ought to have been one. The air was crisp. There were fallen leaves. Jack-o'-lanterns burned on the porches, giving off the exciting odor of singed pumpkin. Everything was as I'd imagined it beforehand, though already I felt it slipping away from me. I was too old. That was the problem. Halloween was for little children. I'd grown beyond it. I was looking down on it from my balloon. Now that I'd arrived at the moment I'd planned for, I couldn't remember why I'd gone to all that trouble. I was disappointed, too, at the response of the adults who answered the doors. Everyone knew who my friend Annie was portraying. Raggedy Annie, they cried with delight. They even got the pun. But to me, they said, and who were you supposed to be? My cape had a muffling effect, so I often had to repeat the answer twice. The Headless Horseman. The Headless what? Then, what's that you're holding? They would go on to say. It's the head of the Headless Horseman. Oh, yes, I see. The head would then be admired, though in the overdone way adults had of admiring a thing when they secretly thought it was inept and laughable. It didn't occur to me that if I'd wanted my costume to be understood immediately, I should have chosen something more obvious. However, there was one member of the audience who'd been suitably impressed. It was my little sister, who hadn't yet gone to bed when I'd made my way through the living room en route to the door. She'd taken one look at the shambling black torso and the big boots and the shiny-haired, frowning, bodiless head and had begun to scream. She'd screamed and screamed and hadn't been reassured when I'd lifted up the cape to show that it was really only me underneath. Eating dudes to jazz, Worse. girls.
cherry. 